scary skeletons shivers down your spine. Aaron, every year you have to get a new song. Regular. Regular. <laughs> How about this? We need something new to signify that Halloween is coming. We we need a when new. Burning We need a new slogan. We no, we're not gonna rip off other people. We need to come up with a new oh, arrival of Halloween thing. You, you and I, yes, uh, us married together. To the idea brand needs a uh, new logo. Yes, or, <laughs> no, no, not a new logo. You did a really nice logo. Please don't make a new one. I like ours. Okay, uh, but a new slogan. Yeah, we need a, we need a, we need a Halloween saying something about something that captures the spirit of the holiday. Something as poetic as freaking bats. Something as Charming as spooky Halloween, scary skeletons. It's a spoopy time. Something a little less racist. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, it's a boo brutacular time. How about something that's actually good? Wow. Okay. You come up with something that I'm just spitballing here. We're in the meeting. There are no bad ideas. <laughs> uh, except for that. Uh, Halloween, get your spooky on. Halloween, we can all wear black. <laughs> uh, Halloween, we wear black on Fridays. Halloween, get you some decorative gourds. <laughs> Halloween, where you can wield a knife and it's okay. Halloween, kill your enemies. <laughs> Is, is is that the end of the your your the slogan you're pitching right there? <laughs> it sounded better in my head. Because it, 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 it was kind of bad here. Okay, 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 okay. Um, you you want to give that one another shot? Okay, 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 okay. 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 Halloween, don't kill your enemies because they'll kill you. Better the second time around, but still. Halloween, like... make sure the fucker's dead. <laughs> Halloween. Do you want to lose your teeth with a bunch of candy? Here you go. Halloween. Don't have sex in the woods. <laughs> Halloween. Just don't have sex. Halloween. Get the candy on November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Those stores are learning, folks. They are learning because they're, they're, they're not discounting the candy nearly uh, on November 1st. They're waiting a couple days. Yeah, we went to the uh, grocery store today. There's a bunch of stuff still there, and I can tell everyone, we are all waiting. Like, I really just want to, like, trip in at 7 a.m. on Friday before we go to school and just be like, anything left? Maybe. Who knows? Halloween, the month of October, is Black Friday for Spirits and Party City. Halloween. Dark outside, just like my soul. Halloween. Where you can uh, wear anything you want, act any way you want, and eat anything you want, and it's okay. That sounds like a hedonism party. I mean... Halloween. Yes, there is a sexy version of that costume. <laughs> right now, that is the one to beat. Excellent. That is the one to beat right now. Uh, I have to admit, that that is, that is really, really good. Um, Halloween to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Halloween, he's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. 
So yes, uh, we're uh, releasing this knock on wood on Halloween, uh, pre-recorded of course, uh, in front of a live to the audience. Uh, so we decided that uh, the classic sh- movie, The Craft, would be a good one to release on Halloween because uh, it's very spooky and uh, not not spooky, like scary. Like that was the first scary movie we watched all. October long. But it was a weird realism scary. So before, magical realism is all, all up my alley. Uh, before we get into uh, our review of it, uh, do you want to give the plug party? You can. Well, where's the background music, Aaron? I must have house music when I start. You can follow us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. Email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. You can visit our website, Married to the Idea. to check out contact forms, how to get free pins and stickers, how to find all of our episodes for the past three seasons. And if you want to support us, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Married to the Idea to check out one of our tiers. Uh, perhaps you are the one who will enter the Sponsor Dome and take on the reigning champ, Audible. I really want our competitor to win, though, today. I really wish it would. <laughs> Ding ding! Uh, yeah. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> our uh, competitor is very fun. I'm I'm looking forward to our competitor today. Um, but before we get into the sponsor dome, the craft. Um, I this movie has had a resurgence in the last year or two at the very most. Um, I I'd the reboot of... is coming. They have no. Oh, you didn't know about this? No, I didn't know. Well, I'm I'm not surprised, but I didn't know about it. Yes, the reboot is coming. They uh, Blumhouse is actually going to be the one working on it. Blumhouse is a unique uh, production company where they have some killer hits with like The Purge and Get Out and um, and I'm forgetting other honestly, in my opinion, VHS. The first VHS is well worth a watch. The second one has some great moments and then some really terrible moments, but. They have some. They have some really great hits. It's a really terrible misses. Well, it looks like they're going to be trying to do things a little differently with this one. Uh, the director, as of the most recent news we have about this, is Zoe Lister Jones. So, like a female director coming in to head this all female movie, as it should be. As it should be. I think there's a pretty good idea here. Um, they say it's a remake. I'm kind of wishing it would be like a jump twenty years in the future sort of thing. I kind of wish that would be the te- the. Like one of like one of the girls like writes a book about their experiences, and then another group of girls like, oh, we should recreate this type of thing. Yeah, something kind of like the Blair Witch Project, like like pretend it was real, Mm. and then how would it affect people in the real world? Not like the Blair Witch Two, the terrible sequel, but Blair Witch Two, the Book of Shadows, sub sub subtitle. There is no actual Book of Shadows. It would be interesting because I'm not sure. What you would honestly do to update this movie. So many times we talk about a remake of a movie. It has to be updated for current trends. But I feel like the whole woman scary because she is powerful thing is still equally relevant today as it was over 20 years ago. And maybe there's a reason we should think about that more and more because that's always been a thing. You know, the evil dark magic user that lives in the forest is is not a wizard it's not a warlock. It's, Are you a wizard? It's a I witch. Say that every time. Yes, you do. 
We have to rebrand everything. We can no longer go back. <laughs> Mary to the idea. Are you a wizard? <laughs> it's more like Mary to the idea. Yes, but no. Yes, but no. I think that it's already a cool trope, already played pretty effectively in this one. Uh, it deals with sexism. It deals with racism. It deals with rape, and it deals with childbirth, and it deals with uh, power and. When does it deal and, with childbirth? Uh, our uh, main character she, uh, kills mother. her mother dies in childbirth. Oh, Again, uh, I never got that. I apologize. Yeah, like that's a big thing. Like even um, our main uh, antagonist says that you killed her coming out of her. Even I couldn't be that big a bitch. Like, by the way, uh, explicit all the way around. This thing is yeah, this full is, of that. Unfortunately, I know. And our sponsor challenger is full of that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, we'll we'll get you to, shouldn't we'll be get to that. You shouldn't be watching the craft of Jira if you're under. That's the thing, though. It, it was, they were aiming for PG-13. It's an R-rated movie. Yeah, but they were aiming for PG-13, which you can kind of tell because there, there were some of the things that they could have gone further on, but they pulled back on, and they were like, eh, we don't have to go like in real in-depth. Like, like some it's, of the... It's so hard. I mean, it's such a crock because they're all in high school, ostensibly. The film is set in high school, so they're all supposed to be like 16-year-olds. And without a doubt, without a question, 16-year-olds go through this stuff. So it's absolutely applicable. Of course, they're all 25-year-old actresses playing it because Hollywood yeah. doesn't understand that a 14-year-old looks like a 14-year-old and not a 21-year-old. Mm -hmm. But... It's it's kind of like that same thing with that movie that came out that was R-rated, even though it was about teenagers, and absolutely teenagers should have seen it. The one that Bo Burnham directed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, like, Lady it was Bird... Like, it was called, like, the female version of uh, Superbad. Yeah, exactly. And then there was uh, Lady Bird, which is also R, but was completely about a girl about to go away for the first time from home to go off to college. Again, all these things happen to young people. It's just verboten, forbidden to see it on a screen it's an r now it's too much well i i don't think it was r because i um now i say that with a lot of venom behind this because i do not like the mpaa it is completely outdated and it's gotten better the last five to six years uh because there's a documentary called this movie's not yet rated and if you've not watched it I highly recommend you watch it. And if you have children between the ages of, say, 8 and 15, definitely go and watch it. Because the MPAA rating system is fucking arbitrary. It is outdated. And the you can guy get away with anything as long as you don't put a swear word in there, pretty much. Yes. And men can get men can do, have anything done to them. Like, they can have their dicks basically sucked. But... A woman moan once, R rating, X rating. And it's it's ridiculous how sexist it is. Oh, also, a woman can show anything, but the minute you show more than a man's butt, R rating. Exactly. There's, in it. like I said, it's gotten better the last few years because the man who was originally in charge with it, Jack Valiance? No, I'm, I'm, I'm no. Be, that might be. The That's wrong from one. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Valiant is the name. <laughs> and, uh,. I still may be wrong. I don't think it may not be Jack Valiance, but the man who was who helped create the MPAA was in charge of it till the 2000s, um, so 60, 70 years, and believed that the what should still be then is what it should be now. And there's directors 
like uh, Boys Don't Cry and um, I'm forgetting the other ones who talked about their experiences and hell, um, I think Matt Stone and Trey Parker of St- South Park fame talked about how they made a puppet movie and like they had to like go back and forth about puppets, if I'm not mistaken. Dude, the Illuminati is real, but it's not in politics. It's in our entertainment. <laughs> exactly. Because like uh, there for a long time, your mother swore by the ratings. It's PG-13. A 12-year-old can't watch it. No, it says it's personally PG-13 movies. I don't even think are a lot of PG-13 movies are aimed at 13 year old boys, which is to say we think very little of our young men. It's okay that young men are subjected to cursing and cleavage and a bunch of stuff that really they shouldn't be marketing towards them, but they're a really profitable demographic. At one point in time, most PG-13 movies that were like, oh, this movie is PG-13. We should definitely do that. It's got, like I said, it's gotten better. And they should still completely revamp this entire system. Because G movies, there there are practically no G movies anymore. And even back then when there were G movies, they were terrible. Because they had to stick in such strict guidelines because then there were PG movies. And like Disney will rarely go out of the PG realm and rarely go into the PG-13. But we're, I'm getting way off track. Uh, this movie was originally aimed to be PG-13 and then got to be R. And you can kind of see where they got into the R system and because they could have gone a lot further. And I think that's where Bloomhouse, if it's going to be a remake, I can definitely see some of these areas and some of this... Maybe body horror uh, areas because of the curses and everything like that. They'll definitely push those bounds a lot more. The craft when it first came out was it did really well. Uh, Fifteen million dollar budget made fifty five million at the box office. So That's impressive. So it did well and it instantaneously kind of gave that garnered that cult following. Mostly tons and tons of young women across the country being like, oh, witches cool rad we put on my black mascara i'm really into this whole nature menon sort of vibe so it did really well for its audience so it's interesting to see them remake it because i think the reason it did well is that it hit points that already still resonate today that don't require a retelling it's kind of the opposite problem of jennifer's body which came out only about six or seven years ago like more like early early 2000s came out jennifer's body and the idea behind it is so freaking clever and scary and awesome and yet it did terribly at the box office whereas now people are saying oh yeah that actually would be pretty rad and and part of the problem 2009 so we're at a 10 10 years 10 year mark um, and it's actually a little sad because it was Megan Fox helming it. So they think it's another dumb Megan Fox movie when in fact, uh, the writer and director behind it, uh, were actually fairly intelligent. Uh, it was Diablo Cody. I think it was the writer, um, of, uh, crap. I'm forgetting the movie. Um, Juno, uh, this was, that's why there's a lot of intelligence behind this. And I know the director did a lot of good things as well, but there's apparently a lot of good with Jennifer, Jennifer's body. I've actually personally never seen it. There's just so much subtext within the narrative of the Transformers series. Literally, 
we're going to go off on a tangent right now. We're going to do it right now. We will get back there. So Megan Fox is leaning over a car talking about how the car works intelligently. Like, yeah, she knows like, exactly what she's talking about. That character knows way more about a car than I do. She should have been the main character. Knows about cars. Is trying to escape a life that isn't very cool. I, she can redeem herself. Her I don't agree that prison. she should have been the main character. However, she should not have been treated the way she was. So the camera, despite what she is saying, the camera frames her as body woman sex that's what you should be noticing about this scene that's the camera frames her and then when she finally has had enough of michael bay's shit and he lets her go and replaces her with a literal victoria's secret model all of this can't act worth shit all of the script all of the words are suggesting that that other one she was such a skank and broke his heart and she was replaceable we have a much better one now the robots literally say this one's better Megan Fox is replaceable. She's not a person. She's a thing. Any female body can slot into this. Now, it's again all this crazy subtext within it and what Michael Bay is trying to say. And also, PG 13, but Bumblebee pisses on a man. What? The what? Symbolism is hard. Yeah, Michael Bay, <laughs> there's, there's like little articles about how terrible of a director and filmmaker Michael Bay is. He is a moneymaker absolutely but he's not a good filmmaker if he knows he what he's doing he stories if he knows what he's doing he knows what he oh 100%. then he's pulling he knows how to, he knows how to competently film a frame one of his films is in like the criterion collection his film teacher I, um, I forget his film teacher said it's that not, he was the most promising and amazing filmmaker that she had ever seen come through there i get the feeling that he knows exactly what he's doing and he's like Hey, here's a mirror America, but none of us have realized that it's our reflection. We all just think that, oh, dumb fun, rockets, explosions, tits. Well, that one movie with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock might have been as close as that he's was gotten it. to it. That was the one that was in the Criterion Collection. Okay. Well, um, but the whole thing with replacing Megan Fox, he already did it before then. We just didn't notice it because she wasn't as big of a character. The weird Australian scientist character who pops in and is incredibly intelligent but also incredibly hot but she figures in out what happens with the robots and then you never yeah, see her she, for the rest of the film no 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 she she's yeah well she she's gets in black boxed into her room with uh yeah and she easily could have served a hell of a lot more of a purpose but she's in this like this she serves this big purpose and then she's never seen or heard from again for the other movies and she's barely uh in the second half or last third of the movie it's like why 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 did she exist in the first place if you're just going to shove her into a corner and it keeps happening also there were female robots and they die in the opening scene of the movie they are introduced in yep because michael bay so the craft um <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the craft is very good <laughs> let's Let's talk about quick synopsis of the craft. Young girl moves to California with her father and stepmother. And she goes to school and Also, meets... good on the craft for not playing on the trope of the stepmother being evil. Yeah. I, she's barely a character, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, goes yeah. to school, meets uh, this cute guy that she thinks he might like, and these three girls who everyone calls witches... And the bitches of Eastwick. Bitches of Eastwick. Good lord, what? Ugh, where do they come up with these amazing bylines? And she decides 
honestly, it kind of gets forced upon her because they're all kind of like looking at her like she could be our fourth. They all want to practice witchcraft, but they've never been able to do anything proper until she comes along. Turns out that she's a natural witch, that she has the gift without having to do particular spells or summonings. She's telekinetic, can do things like that. So she becomes the fourth in their group after she uh, goes on a date with this boy and, you know, he invites her back to her place. Her, Come on. And she's like, no, actually, no. And he's like, oh. And, you know, I got like the little like oh, heebies inside my chest. She's like, I'm sorry. Are you mad? I'm like, that's so wrong. It's so wrong that she has to apologize for not feeling comfortable with what he is requesting of her to do. And I'm like, but then it goes. I'm like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't press it. He's like, okay, that's fine. And the scene continues out. And then the next day at school, he's going around saying that she's the worst lay he ever had and making, you know, gaslighting her, saying, no, I'm sorry, I just don't want to date you. Please stop asking me. It's very pathetic. And oh, everyone's a, a jackass to her. So she's like, yeah, I'll hang with you guys. And uh, these four women all form this at first, very genuine friendship. They rely upon each other and they care about each other and they start using magic now that they have power to change things in their life they want to. They do this really great montage of the four girls about what's wrong in their lives. Our main character, uh, she tried to commit suicide. She was hallucinating so bad and she didn't want it happening more and she tried to commit suicide. Uh, our um, main head girl with the very dark short hair, she lives in a trailer park and her uh, mother and uh, I guess boyfriend of her mother are just stepfather. I think it's his stepfather or something, some sort of older male figure. It's the most sort. white trash you can think of for her. Uh, one of our witches is black and suffers just hideous racial discrimination at school. And uh, finally, our last girl actually has this these terrible scars all on her back and arms. So they're all, like, dealing with their own shit. They use their magic to start solving these problems. Unfortunately, whatever you put out into the world returns threefold, and they start having real problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm. we can talk more about this a little bit later on if we want to, but that's where later on in the movie that's where it started to break down for me i liked that they didn't just use their powers to like get back at the mean teacher or with one of their cases kind of t uh, mess around with the boy uh ski ulrich um <laughs> who you know went around saying that he you know he had sex with the main character and that she was a terrible lay you know um i like that it wasn't just they're they're all kind of in selfish ways, but it wasn't the same kind of selfish way, you know. Uh, I I liked that, and it didn't affect the the people the same way. It wasn't like mind control for one. It was different results or different ways of controlling people. Um, but to kind of go back to what happened, uh, she says no to this guy, and he spreads the rumor around. The very first thing that happens is the main head girl says, then, I told you he was going to do this to you. To me, that felt like she was also gaslighting her. So No, she had said it. So when she first uh, goes to the football field to watch him play, she's like, yeah, you know, he's he's not good. Like, he'll just he'll hit on anything 
with but, Tetsu. Yeah, and including her. So it's, it seems like he did this to her as well, that yeah. she had been burned by him. Because at one point he does say that she's a huge slut. So I, I get that. He says that he's he's very good at like he's doing the gaslighting right at the very beginning, explaining who these girls are. Not from personal experience, you understand, but my friends told me. That's what they say. Like all the gossip mill in this one scene. Yeah, and maybe gaslighting for what she was doing is the wrong way to say that. Maybe actually uh, manipulating. I feel like she, I felt like she was manipulating her because she saw the potential and was like, Oh, we should, we should try to attract her. And honestly, I kind of felt like she may have an instigated him saying stuff. And, and I, I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to defend the male character, the, the football player character at all, because he's a total complete jackass. But at the same time, this other character, she's not irredeemable, but she has some actions later on that Nancy kinda... becomes irredeemable by the end. Um, and I think that for for Bonnie and Rochelle, I think that they're just kind of going with the flow. Like they they do they definitely have they definitely did the things they did. They definitely did, but they also seem to be like those airy girls, like as much a blonde bimbo as any other thing. But like, how fun! Oh, we get what we want. Cool. Probably because they're the things that they they deal with are underplayed compared to the other girls. I had hoped that they would be uh, more fleshed out characters, and they were until a certain point, and then they kind of became the, the thing. Witch, yeah. The witch. They became the thing that they hated. But they also became the witch versions of the Heathers or the 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 like the head cheerleader and her two cronies. It, and yeah, so, it got that sort of vibe out of it. So and if it, if that was on purpose, then, you know, go you. But I, I wasn't crazy about that. And I, I mean, it might have been on purpose. And if it was that's what I'm saying is like to me, it didn't feel on purpose, but I may not have been interpreting it right. So. The car scene, I think, does a pretty good job of showing how the things that they did now affecting others have affected them negatively as well. Uh, Bonnie has these burn scars. She prays for beauty on the outside as well as on the inside. And when she's gifted it, she forgets about her beauty on the inside and becomes vain. So I think that they're doing a good job of showing the morality of it, that if you do things for selfish reasons, they play their course. And especially with like things like a love spell, like, yeah, like if you if you give someone a love potion, it's not because you love them. It's because you want to possess them. You want to control them. Um, that's why I think the later scene uh, get got me and like really kind of like flipped the script on me because we, um, I guess we can go into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, I think we're at a good point to go into the sponsor dome and then we'll go into spoilers. Okay. So. Sounds good. All right, so let's do our challenger first, and then we'll do our reigning champion. In the sponsor dome, two sponsors enter and one sponsor leaves. Aaron, who is our challenger? Our challenger is the, uh, it's a little different this time. It is the pilot episode for the Has Been Hotel. 
a you, YouTube series. Yeah, currently, it's a YouTube series. We not have, made by YouTube. YouTube no. didn't fund this. This is just available for you to view on YouTube. The creators got together, made it, and this is their platform that they're showing it for. Yeah, I think similar to how Disney put out the first two episodes of DuckTales, the the, re- the revamp of DuckTales, which, by the way, I cannot wait for Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but... The the has been hotel. We uh, there's a channel that we watch. Uh, Saber Spark. Shout out to Saber Spark. Um, he likes to do quick vids where he talks about something that he just saw. He's like, you know what, this looks good, or I don't know about this at all. Uh, it's kind of like the reason we do our entire podcast, honestly, just to talk about things that we like and saw and would want to talk <laughs> about. So the exact same premise. And he talked about this new show called The Has Been Hotel. Just from the animation alone, we knew that we had to check it out. I I am a sucker for incredible uh fluid and bouncy and stretchy animation um there there was a uh, a think wanna... jenny tartakovsky but with like so much more noodle arms like jenny tartakovsky in his pr- like uber uber prime well he's right now got a show called primal as yeah. it were but okay so maybe not jenny um think think cartoon network it's definitely not disney and it's definitely not nickelodeon it is cartoon network vibes like a higher energy johnny bravo or um uh foster's home for imaginary friends we definitely got that vibe and i'm not even sure how but it feels that way well the premise of it definitely is very much like well i, I don't know it may may not be that way we're not going to reveal but... too much on this because the thing is it is free and you can go watch it right now on youtube and over 1.5 million people have since it released two days ago so yeah and it's only half hour long um however it is not for the kids absolutely not it is adult animation 100 percent. oh my gosh and here's the thing it's adult so far in this one episode not in a tits sexual sort of way in Uh, a they say words like that but there isn't uh, an how about this they're not showing the tits but they are certainly making enough references to the text. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. It's, it is completely foul-mouthed and crass because the premise is that it's literally the daughter of Lucifer in hell trying to open up a hotel to rehabilitate demons. We're not sure if it's Lucifer or just some sort of the king of hell. Uh, they we have no you know. idea who the we have no yeah. idea who she belongs to. She's the princess of hell. That's all we know. So we have yeah. no idea if her mom is or her dad is or what have yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, uh, the the animation is really well done. The main character is just wonderful. It's like I I don't want to reveal anything, but it's like Rapunzel. If oh she, my gosh! If yes, she was if she was raised in Hellspawn. hell. Hellspawn. Uh, Hellspawn. Yeah. Um, there are some wonderful side characters and the, like, again, we can't talk highly enough about the animation. It is so well done. And so far the story is very, very interesting. Uh, this, the random characters you see like very quick, like we honestly might have to go back and rewatch it because there's so many little, little, little jokes that you don't get the first time they watch. Like there's a, I think we're going to have to, yeah, there's a news program that she goes on and at the bottom, while all the jokes are happening with the animation at the bottom, there's a ticker tape scrawler that just has joke after joke after joke happening. And we couldn't watch it because we were busy listening to the other dialogue. I watched like three jokes and then I realized I'm missing everything else that's going on on screen. I'm like, Oh shit. So quick, so action packed, Love the design, love the color palettes. And I think it's, it is uniquely wholesome because most adult animated shows that would be given this premise would go all for crass. 
uh, I, the first uh, thing we see after the opening animation intro is uh, just a sign that says, fuck you, heaven. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> but the more we learn about our main character, it's, it is so crazy wholesome. And I have no idea how she got to be this way. Again, she lives in hell, but she is like the nicest person trying to do the best for everyone and no one gives a shit and she still tries and there's something so cool about it it is a an experience i i can't just we can't just i can't describe it any different than that so has been hotel you type in probably h-a-y and you're gonna find it because <laughs> it is already blowing up in popularity and it is gorgeous go watch it there are a few songs in it that are well, well, well done. And there, the, I think the biggest name is the person who created it originally because she has an animation YouTube channel. And we we personally haven't heard of her, but I but the thing is, is that doesn't mean no one else has heard of her. Uh, and But that's the probably the biggest name attached to this. And it's so fucking well done. So, Hasbun Hotel, go watch it. Uh, that is our challenger for this week. Our reigning champion, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. And remember that's T-O for to the idea, not the number two. Why Audible? Audible content includes unmatched selections of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the lineal audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Our selection for you today is something a little bit more akin to the audiobook. It is the Witch's Book of Self-Care, Magical Ways to Pamper, Soothe, and Care for Your Body and Spirit by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. There's a joke in there that I am totally going to ignore. I really appreciate that, Aaron. Cool. Uh, and it's narrated by Gabra Zachman. And it's only about five hours long. So if you want to find some magical ways to bring your soul nourishment, this would probably be the book for you. The use of spirituality among young women, I think, cannot be overstated enough. I think that it's nice to search for power and meaning when you have no power and life is meaningless, like all of middle and high school. <laughs> Life is meaningless. There's just not much. There's just not much there, guys. Keep going. You'll get out. You'll get out of there. I promise. It's better in college. <laughs> so if you want to download that, just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea, and you can download it for free and get a 30-day trial membership. And of course, that will be our reigning champion probably next week as well. So Aaron, what did you think of them placing this whole story against the backdrop of a Catholic school? It was because for me it was like, whoa. I I. It, they didn't play it up nearly as much as they could have because they didn't have that overly religious character. Like, oh my god, you're you're seduced by the devil. And yeah. they, they they never they never really used that in the story. Now, you could have they could have been seduced by it and used it too much, but. I don't know if it was just a backdrop that they had or if it was just... It felt like they were playing an entirely different ball game, to use the football metaphor. It's not about 
turning away from God or worshiping Satan. It's about realizing that the football field they're playing on is the bigger picture. Like there's something even bigger than this, which is Manon. And it's not about good or bad. It's about nature and everything existing all together. Uh, and for me, the coolest thing about it was just even though they're all, you know, witches and dressing in witchy fashions, as it were, at this Catholic <laughs> private school, Everything they wear is crosses and rosaries, and it was so badass. And I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what exactly the filmmakers were intending. Is it sacrilegious or are they embracing it? Because for me, it was like baller. I can just wear 16 rosaries on my neck, and that's cool. It was never a cult. It was never like, yeah. we must be possessed by demons. We must be possessed by devils or the black magic. It's like they might have gone darker magic with it or they might have gone more powerful spirits but it was never demons and devils and 666 magic blah, blah, blah. magic was a reflection of their soul mm -hmm. the entire time how uh we have our main character sarah she's a, a witch of light and her mother was a witch as we find out a natural later which is what they get a natural calling. yeah and she says you have such light inside you stronger than any witch i've ever seen and so it appears that the use of power again even the the lady who runs the bookshop says as much how you use the power is neither good nor evil it's how you use it what you put into the world comes back to you which is pretty much the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you everything kind of kept like cyclically repeating itself religion and spirituality kind of echoing each other the more and more it went that's a, i mean that's a very interesting take on it because it, it was never it, it, funnily enough because a lot of people tend to equate uh, which is with the occult because that's where they get the they feel like that's where they get their magic from is from demons and and from devils and stuff like that but it, a lot of times like with wiccas or wiccans they tend to get their powers or where they use their magic is from nature is more natural um and i feel like that's where this was more leaning towards or actually a hell, hell of a lot more leaning towards it wasn't like hocus pocus where they're reading a book made with human skin and a human eye um even though that's played for laughs this is a lot more like yeah we use magic but it's magic that we've derived from our relationship with each other yeah each other and with these these animals that we brought over you know and when you know in one scene where animals wash up on the beach you know, a few of them are genuinely like scared and, you know, like uh, upset that these animals got hurt because of them. Yeah. So Nancy becomes she's kind of like our uh, our our leading pink lady. She's our Rizzo of this group. And uh, she, too, simply too old to be there for one thing. Sarah dear. Yeah. And she she wants to invoke the spirit. Shouldn't be doing it. Invokes the spirit of Manon. It comes upon her and a bunch of sharks and dolphins and whales wash up on the shore, beaching themselves, dying. She's like, look, it's a gift for me. And she's like completely lost any empathy at this particular point. It's like all wiped from her. Her, her humanity is gone. And at this point, it's uh, again, Sarah tries really hard. She binds Nancy to prevent her from doing harm to herself or others. It's always that I don't want Nancy to get hurt. I want to make sure everyone is safe. Yeah, like I don't want Nancy not I don't want Nancy to hurt me. It's I don't want Nancy to hurt anything else. Period. Whether it's herself or 
other people or, you know, it doesn't matter. She doesn't want this to continue, basically. And it's actually a very selfless way to use that. I think that's why the movie does well for me because it's continuously framing that the moral choice is there. And by choosing to be morally good, you have the upper hand, which I think is something that we could always use more of. It's it's very easy to be an asshole. It's so simple to be a dick. But it's, it takes real strength and courage to be a good and selfless person. Well, and and this is where it kind of breaks down for me. Okay, so what happened to you? Because I was digging it more and more the further and further we went into this. <laughs> well, I liked that these characters were flawed, that they had um, different drives, uh, that Rochelle wanted to be a really great diver and swimmer uh that was her that was her drive her her personal goal um that uh bonnie was afflicted by this these burns this this these scarring and she wanted a way to fix it whether by science or by magic uh sarah wanted to find love you know albeit in the wrong places and even karen wanted to you mean nancy sorry nancy my god nancy wanted to find uh a better life these are great character motivations these the even rochelle's with it being more simplistic are still great character motivations mm -hmm. and as they go on and they do their curses or they do that they still like when rochelle sees the effects uh of her curse because the character uh Played by Ben Stiller's wife in real life. Really? Yeah, that's Ben Stiller's wife in real life. Whoa! Yeah, that's why they do movies a bunch together and TV shows like Arrested Development together. Okay. Yeah, that's that's who does the whole racism thing, which was kind of out of left. Not like nah, dude. Like the not more. completely out of left field, but like like she was her bully, but then it like the racism angle when it came kind of came out of left field. Oh, boo! I mean, I think that was. The most truthful thing about the whole dang thing. Perhaps it was heavy-handed, but none of it was false. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you the hand heavy-handed then. Um, but then she, uh, how she gets back at her is she does something with her hair, and that causes her to have her hair fall out. And when Rochelle sees like just how bad it gets, you see remorse. You see like this might be going too far. Like you are ruining this person's life, and I mean, granted, this is a this is a character who needs this kind of stuff to happen to her, to so she can reflect on her own life. She's like, "Why is this happening to me?" Well, you kind of had it coming, but it's not like something where you need to die from it or something like that, because it almost looked like her her skin was starting to come off too. Well, it looked like it honestly looked like cancer. Yeah. Like yeah. straight up, and and um, Sarah said at one point early on in the movies, sometimes I can't control it, and like she says, I I want the, the the alarm to stop ringing, and I go deaf for three days, and it's so maybe it, it's possible that it pushed it to that point, is that she didn't know how to control her powers and she accidentally pushed it too far. That's maybe why the the Skeet Ulrich character went so far with his love and obsession. I think it's because the things that she was asking for were selfish requests. That That's probably a much bigger reason, but maybe like it she, was that, and then the re another reason why it went so far is because uh, she couldn't control her power. I'm not saying 
that it shouldn't have happened that way because they weren't they because they weren't selfish because they absolutely were. I'm glad that the conflict went this way because at the halfway point, all the girls have like fixed their problems that they've been dealing with for a very, a very long time or more recent problems. And for a minute there, it's like, okay, so what's going to be the problem? And for a minute, I thought they were going to do Sarah having an angle about wanting to bring her mother back to life. And I'm like, that's a big no-no. Don't yeah. bring the dead back. But she never, not once, not once did she say that or attempt that or think that. And I think that was a wise move. I think the consumption of power. There's this wonderful quote, and I'm going to butcher it right now. Uh, but, you know, we all know the old adage that uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But there was a man who did uh, a biography on uh, Nixon and Lyndon B. Johnson. And what he found through the interview and looking of these men of power is that uh, it's been told that absolute power corrupts absolutely, but that is not true. What happens is that when someone is given absolute power, then you see the man they were all along. It's not that they were always good and then power was given to them and they did bad things. It was when they were given power, they did the things they always wanted to do. So power only reveals. It doesn't corrupt. So I think that was really indicative of Nancy's just de degradation of her psyche and well-being. That what she desires, like each of the girls has a very specific thing that they want addressed or fixed or dealt with. And all that Nancy requests is power because she wants to be in control of her life. She wants to make the choices about what happens and what doesn't. She's been shit on enough and she's tired of it. So I think that Nancy always had this darkness within her and that the gift of power allowed her to manifest it more effectively whereas sarah despite her suicide attempt and her um s problems with moving to a new house not knowing how to deal with her stepmother and these hallucinations that she has in a new school and this guy saying that he had sex with her all these things uh, she never with her power never does anything like they even show it she does a glamour she changes the color of her eyes and the girls are like what did you do i changed the color of my eyes oh i mean i guess that's if you want subtle the most she ever does is like changes her hair from brown to blonde at the behest of the girls she she never shows off what she can do and when she does it leads to his death so even then it's that's not her that's nancy going in using her power again that kind of takes us to the the attempted rape scene which it's always the point in a movie where Elizabeth starts to feel all the bad news is coming out of the, out of the woodwork. And it's, gosh, it's done really, really well because you realize that this was about a power. It wasn't about love. If it was a love spell, this person would truly care for her and never want to hurt her if she said no. But it's not. It's about, I, I have to have you. That's what it is. And that's why he tries to rape her. <laughs> Now, granted, um, to give the magic maybe just a little bit of leeway, sometimes, like with the absolute power corrupts absolutely, maybe it's not because of the magic itself, but rather it reveals his true nature. Yes. And that he, whenever he becomes in love with something or obsessed with something. He has to own it exactly it. yes so it, in in giving that but what what drew me away from the characters a little bit um i did like the ending to an extent um i probably didn't like it as much as you uh, but 
hey, welcome to another episode of uh, another movie that Aaron liked, but it was not made for Aaron. <laughs> uh, the the remorse that the other two girls and I'm I, Nancy is her own character. She has her own motivations, everything like that. So do these other two girls, but it almost feels like they become the cronies too easy. These other characters show that they have their own characters and characteristics very much. So throughout the movie, like Rochelle, like is, is a wisecracker is that, um, is that snappy kind of like, you know, she's like, Oh, she wants to be white trash, but I already told you you're white. Just roll with it. You know, it, it would, those were, she had these like really funny lines, but she, but she's flawed beyond that. She has her insecurities and stuff like that. And, the movie does go through great lengths to show it. And then with this whole thing with her bully losing her hair, possibly having more, she shows full remorse. The camera shows her. She's not talking to him. Oh, I feel really bad. And like, you know, where actions or where she's just saying words, actions be louder words. She literally has her reflection turn away from her. Like how else can you like in a visual medium to show, not tell, Boom. That's mm -hmm. showing it. And um, in Bonnie, like the quietest and meekest of the characters who does become more vain, these two characters become the, the crony like, oh, no. Oh, don't be so mean to her, Heather. They, they become No, it's, it's so – I think at the how, end what, they what? show that they're jealous. They're really jealous of Sarah and her gifts because they're like, we can't do magic anymore. And they're like, I bet she doesn't even have her powers either. Like, you can see that it was... I felt like that scene was unnecessary. I felt like they could have... Or they could have done it a completely different way. I in, in I'm, I'm strictly showing it off of what they had already built. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a broken record at this point. But these just, characters... Yeah. These characters have already been showing that they, they have their own character they're not just these little cronies for nancy at one point they're like nancy's mean to everybody don't don't pay any attention to her and they're like and that's what i would expect someone who has to deal with someone who can be mean who can be kind of a dick uh and and like trying to introduce someone into their group would say and they're but not to allow it to but they don't happen. ever stand up to nancy to be nicer they never say to her hey be nicer or hey do this they they are completely underneath there is a hierarchy within this group without a doubt yeah but then the hierarchy changes at one point and nancy kind of throws a little bit of a fit and i that's where but that's like nancy where the movie says kind of like nancy, down says, for me a nancy says it all the time are you oh do you want to leave the circle and she's like why does it always have to be that why can't it just ever be could we make a change? She, whenever Sarah says to Nancy, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this, she says, oh, so you're trying to leave? It's never, she never allows room for personal growth. It's always us versus them. Oh, are you trying to leave us? No, I'm just trying to, well, you can't. It's my way or the highway. And, and I, I get that. But they, they uh, the, how about this? The movie never showed them trying to maybe stand up to her. And if they did that, then the ending would be a little stronger. In in my mind, in my personal opinion, the ending felt not forced, but not the same kind of ending that it could have been. Um, like when it was just Sarah and Nancy, it felt it felt fine. But when it was with the other two girls, they just felt like cronies that didn't have the the characteristics that the, they had shown throughout the rest of the movie. That's that's my personal opinion. Um all four of these performances that these actresses turn in are very strong. That's why this movie has held up 
30 years later, he says as he checks IMDb. <laughs> you may not like where they ended up, but I find it tragically believable. 23 years later. Um, yeah. I, and I'm i not disagreeing with you on that. What I'm, you I'm don't not... like is at the end that they lack they, they lacked that no they lacked the development that they were showing yeah they they, they reverted they regressed on the yeah yeah that's that's what you're really mad about they mm-hmm. didn't develop they didn't grow they didn't learn they didn't change or what changes that they were showing they were completely reverted on it was it was a parabola or a sideways parabola instead of a it's circle it's a circle so i have a question slash theory for you there liz okay Apparently, uh, very early on in the shooting script, as well as the early edits of the film, uh, there is a very specific method that happens, and I want you to tell me if you agree with it, because I actually think this is still very prevalent in the movie, Um, and they kind of even show it at the very end. So, in the shooting script, as well as early edits of the film, it is implied that only Sarah has actual magic powers and that the other girl's abilities are merely a result of them leeching off of Sarah's magic. I think that that's still true. I think even with this final edit that we just watched, I think that the other girls, if they have magic is the slightest little bit. Oh, what I think the movie is trying to say to us is that some people are born with magic. You can study magic like you could study a subject, but some people just are naturally gifted with it. So I think what the movie is suggesting is that these girls have been studying and studying and training and learning, but without the actual spark of legitimate magic, it's all just show. There's no heart behind it. So like some people are better singers than others just naturally. Yeah, so like you could train as a singer for years, but a person without training could still come and be better than you because they just have the voice for it. Okay, yeah. That you could be technically proficient in something, but not be as good as someone who just has a natural gift. Well, it's kind of like uh, watching Halloween Town, which we did the other night uh, with uh, Jonathan Hash, friend of the podcast. Um, And the main character never really has the more traditional magic powers. I think she has more like fortune telling or like that kind of magic, but I don't think she has the more traditional stuff like her grandmother does, but her sister, like it shows. So either her, either the main character doesn't have magic or she doesn't have like the traditional. Now I would, we would have to watch the, um, the next movies in the series to be a hundred percent sure. But I don't think that the main character actually has magic. And that's what I'm kind of seeing with this is that it's theoretical versus practical. These other girls had the theory down, practical magic. only Sarah has the practical magic. Right. And I think that's why she is a lot easier uh, because Nancy tries to invoke the spirit. And I think she is able to invoke the spirit, but only a very small percentage of it. Um, like, 25 to 30 percent whereas uh sarah invokes the spirit as well and she either gets it full blast or a hell of a lot more like like double that to like so like 75 to 80 to possibly 100 percent and i and either fully awakens her powers or she still has the powers at the end because she effortlessly effortlessly controls weather and has lightning bolt strikes a tree branch like I'm pretty sure, like, Sarah's a very powerful witch now. At the oh, end of the without movie. a doubt. She is the one with complete control and power in this. Yeah. 
so I agree I, that either the girls have very little magic or have no magic at all. And Sarah has all the magic and is able like through this ritual, pass a little bit of their magic, her magic along to them. That's my theory. What do you think? I think that you've hit the nail on the head. Good, oh, sir. Okay. Well, we hope that you have had a great Halloween. Spoopy. That it was full of treats and maybe a few tricks. But none from us. We we love you too much. We love you all. Uh, we are looking forward to our next month. Uh, I am looking forward to going back to episodes every other week. Uh, maybe we'll do three instead of four. Maybe but... you can do the editing. <laughs> Actually, we are needing ideas for Christmas, the holiday season. So if you have any ideas for those kind of movies, we are absolutely open to them. And uh, be sure to check out Has Been Hotel on YouTube. It is absolutely free. Uh, do not bring the kitties in. It is not uh, child-friendly at all. But check it out yourselves. It is so worth the watch. And uh, be sure to go to audibletrial.com slash idea for that free 30-day trial membership. And uh, hope that you have a great and safe Halloween. Uh, November is right around the corner. And that means the holiday season is right around the corner. So, until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.